It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. Happy Saturday, everyone. It is Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles alongside Alex White. Happy to be with you this morning. Alex, how you doing? Doing good. Thank you. But I need this football season to slow down. I feel like it Agreed. is flying by. Well, you know, it's it's just one of those. Like, we wait all year. Like, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, we wait the six-plus months. And then we blink our eyes, and we're almost at the end of October. I know. Legitimately, the next to last Saturday of October in college football. Don't worry. A whole slate of college football to get to today. Yes, we still we have do. a few more weeks of the, of the full slates in college football. The NFL, week seven, we're only a third of the way through. So we got plenty of time yes, still left in, the, in, these, in this football season. Now, Vinny Maliola will join us a little bit later. Get everything from the book. Danny Burke, who we saw on the show on Thursday, also will be with us a little bit later in the show. So uh, we're looking forward to that as well. All right, let's get into it. Rotation order, as always, here. Alex Pitt and Wake Forest. Pitt. And Wake Forest, a horrible game on paper. But if you have a bet on it, you can at least watch it and enjoy it. Uh, South Point has Wake Forest won. The rest of the market has pick right now. Okay, so that makes sense to me because I did jump on Pittsburgh plus one. I didn't look at the money line. I should have. But Wake Forest, they're down to the third string quarterback. Winless in conference games. Um, I can understand why people would be a little worried. Pitt, they took down an undefeated Louisville team. Could be a little bit of a letdown. But when you look at that game, it was more Pittsburgh's defense. And I think that that can be sustained. Um, they created five fumbles for Louisville. And Jack uh, Plummer was picked off twice in that one. So I'm looking at the defense here with, with Pittsburgh. Neither of these teams are any good. I'm stunned. I, look, it just shows how much Sam Hartman meant to this Demon Deacon team that he leaves they look, they're three and three. They played Clemson tough a few weeks ago and then got destroyed last week in Blacksburg, a team you can't be getting destroyed by this year in Vod Tech. I you know, this is one of those where I just stayed out of it. I don't I don't really blame your play on this. Uh Pitt coming off that big win a week ago against Louisville. Uh this total feels a little high though, that I will say, at forty five and a half uh on this one. Again, this is a three thirty Eastern game there in Winston-Salem. All right, you know what? We, that was just the appetizer. That was the, it happened to be first in the rotation numbers. We have to get to it. This is the real event. This is the one that everyone's been waiting for this week. The noon Eastern game, all, all college game day, big noon Saturday. Everyone's there in Columbus. Ohio State, Penn State, a game that will set the course for what the Big Ten East ends up being this year, Alex. And right now, behind us, it's the only four and a half in the market. Everyone else has gone back to four this morning. Ohio State, of course, favored in this one. Total is right where it opened and moved around to get back to 46. Was that went down to 45 at the bottom. Now back to 46 here at the South Point. Rest of the market on this one also sitting at 46, except for one shop that's at 46 and a half. Alex, you have Ohio State in the money line parlay today. That's the way you decided to play this one. Yes, and, you know, the more I dove into this game, I probably, well, if we have time, I would jump on Ohio State minus four. I think they cover here. Okay. A lot of sharps there on the under, and I think that makes sense as well. So the big factor here is Penn State has been very good against the pass. Actually, number one in the country in opponent yards per pass, holding opponents to 4.9. But when you look at who they have played, I mean, just in their Big Ten games, Illinois averaged 7.2 yards per pass, 79th in the country. Iowa, 
5.1, 129th, and Northwestern, 6 yards per pass, 112. Now you have this Ohio State team who is actually 13th in yards per pass, averaging 9.3. So I think we're going to see Ohio State be successful throwing the ball here. I know a lot of people are not big on Kyle McCoy, but he's already been in a big pressure game, went down to South Bend, got that win, however they did, but they got it. And I trust him more here in this situation. So I've said this all week on the show. It, it This game fully comes down to the quarterback play. You mentioned McCord. On the other side is Drew Aller, who Penn State, this is the biggest quarterback recruit they've ever had. Uh, they, their best quarterback, at least from the way that Penn State has felt about a quarterback since Hackenberg. Obviously, we know that didn't work at the next level, but different discussion on that. But this is a very different spot than Aller has been put in this year because the road games that they played against lower opponents, not right. hostile environments, you're going to arguably the most hostile environment in college football today. 100,000 at the shoe, an Ohio State team that is every bit as good as as power rated. I know Vinny and Chris have both Penn, uh, Ohio State in the top three right now. Uh, and they are really good, even though, again, there are questions about Kyle McCord. I lean to taking points here. The one concern now is that, again, four, four and a half, four and a half, obviously, if you, can, you have the money in the South Point account or you can get down here before it moves to four, go ahead. There were fives earlier in the week. Five, obviously, we know is a dead number, but uh, having the five instead of a four does make a difference, of right. course. Uh, but in the end here, this is probably going to be one of those games where someone commits a gigantic turnover and it turns the game on its head. It's just a matter of which one of these young quarterbacks makes the mistake in this game. I would lean towards it being McCord, but in the end, it's just tough, tough place to play. It wouldn't shock me if Ohio State wins a field goal game here. It is. It's really tough. I have their home field advantage five and a half. Is that the biggest in the country? Um, it's right up there. It is. and. Um, I really wanted to be on Penn State before I did my adjustments last week, looking ahead to this game, circled it. I thought for sure I would be taking the points with Penn State, but my numbers don't say it. And then as, as I mentioned, as I dove into it, I am on Ohio State. Buckeyes, four in this one, 46 the total uh, across the board right now for this one as we uh, are getting closer to kick in Columbus for that one. All right, let's go to one that you, I know you're on as well. Miami and Clemson. So Miami's coming off back-to-back -back losses. Just the ridiculous loss two weeks ago to Georgia Tech. A little more traditional last week. North Carolina handled their business. Uh, Miami still looked like a team that was hungover from having as bad of a loss that anyone has had all year with the fashion that it happened. Alex, this opened two and a half behind us. It got as high as four. Now back to three. Clemson landed in South Beach. Uh, um... 48 and a half, the total at the open, 47 and a half for now, as it's been sitting for actually the last 15 minutes. This total just went down to 47 and a half. I jumped in. I'm at Miami plus three and a half. I know there's question marks about the coach. I know he worries you, but I, I don't trust Clemson. I mean, they okay. don't really have explosive plays. They haven't really done a whole lot this year. Uh, Miami, like you said, 0-2 in the ACC right now, so they desperately – need a win here. I think it'll be a, a close game. You know, this is this is one of those where I don't like this Clemson team. I, I'm not a fan of them. I, I, I don't love, I don't think Klubnik's that good. Their 
coaching staff, and this is the thing with Dabo, where he's as good of a motivator as he is in college football. And he's a great recruiter, especially at the peak. That's why they won their titles. That's why they, they had multiple-time national champion uh, there in Clemson. But since his coordinators left, Tony Elliott, of course, is in, at Virginia now, and we know Venables has done a really nice job at Oklahoma this year. Right. It's not the same. The coaching staff's not as good behind him, and I think he needs a, an elite coordinator duo behind him in order to succeed at a high level. I'm with you on Miami. Now, now we're at three. I don't really, uh, I don't really want to take, uh, take the three when I could have had three and a half and four earlier in the week. Uh, but I'm going to probably, probably stay off of this uh, right now uh, at the three. Wait in game. If we get a scenario in game yes. where Clemson gets up seven, nothing, and I'm going to be getting that four and a half five maybe live that I was getting earlier in the week, then I probably would look at that. Definitely. And you said it perfectly. I They have suffered on both sides of the football. Their defense, Clemson, has been good this year. Very good. But again, offensively, I haven't really seen a whole lot from them and the lack of explosive plays. Right now, three on this one. Miami the dog at home against Clemson. All right. You know, I... <laughs> We were going through the games when he walked in, Alex, and you just can't help yourself with this one. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a battle of two teams that aren't any good in Atlanta and the ACC, Boston College and Georgia Tech. It's up to six, so the betters are with you on this position here. As low as four and a half, up to six on the Yellow Jackets at home, 57 a total against the Eagles. Give me Georgia Tech here. Uh, minus four and a half. Yellow Jackets are coming off a bye we just talked about them beating Miami. We know that that was very lucky for them to win that game. But now they're playing a Boston College team. You already said it. Not very good. Giving up 111 points. Average of 37 a game. Their only two FBS wins were over Virginia and Army. And those were very close games. So I'm doing it again. I'm going with the Yellow Jackets. If You kind of mentioned this about another team off air. And we'll get to that. But. Now that they got that win over Miami, a win here, a very likely win over Virginia coming up, and one more, they could be bowl eligible for the first time since 2018. Uh, it's, I, I will say with, the, with, uh, with Boston College, where we've seen a whole bunch of different versions of Boston College this year. They're three and three. Both, both these teams are three and three. You had the Boston College team that, Went on the road as a short underdog at Army and won outright. You have a team that almost beat Florida State. They had Florida State in a lot of trouble there in that game at Chestnut Hill. Some turnovers, some penalties. In the end, bad team's going to bad team. And the good team survived. But then you have the Boston College team that has lost at home to Northern Illinois. That should have lost to FCS Holy Cross. That was annihilated in Louisville a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those where if I knew what I was getting out of Boston College, I actually might take the six. But the problem is you're getting a team that is not that good and wildly inconsistent. That's a very bad mix for betting on a team. Very, so this is a this is a, a big time stay away for me because also, too, it's Georgia Tech team. <laughs> I don't think they're any good either. The team that was blasted by Bowling Green at home just two short weeks ago. All right, let's go to the Big 12 next. You and I were talking about this one before. Uh, the market just moved fully here. Uh, Chris and company in the back moving on this one. Baylor at Cincinnati, noon east kick. 
Uh, the new Big 12 teams so far this year, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida, have only combined for two conference wins so far. The only two games that they've won, BYU beat Cincinnati, and Houston had the miracle last week on a Hail Mary against West Virginia. So could very easily be one, and it was them beating themselves. Right. Been tough for them. It not, really has. Not been good. Cincinnati's a three-point favorite. I was a little shocked with how this game got bet this week. And I know Baylor has looked bad, and they've looked real bad. Their only winning conference play was against Central Florida, that miracle they were down four touchdowns. They came back and win the game by a point. Alex has touched three and a half. It's now back to three across the board. I actually like Baylor outright here. So I think I would just forego the three now that the hook is gone everywhere right. and just take a money, a short money line price on Baylor. I think they're going to win this game outright in Cincinnati, who I, again, if the loser of this game is going to be power rated last in the Big 12 for me after this week, uh, assuming Houston doesn't get demolished by Texas, which is a big if. Right. That definitely is. But I agree with you. I made this game a pick. I was... I stayed away from it instead of jumping on the three and a half. I missed that, but I thought I was missing something. I was very confused on why Cincy was a three-point favorite, and then to see that line actually move. Um, Bears are coming off a bye, extra rest, and we know that their quarterback, Blake Shapin, he needed that extra rest. Had Battling an early injury, yep. injury, right? So, yeah, I would definitely be on Baylor in this one. If Cincinnati beats me, so be it. I mean, that's kind of what it is. This Bearcat offense has been brutal recently. Emory Jones has really not been up to the part. Again, these are two, 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 two and four teams. Tongue-tied myself there. Uh, but it's, you got bad football teams. Anything's in play in this game. Uh, and, of course, since he's coming off getting blasted at home last week by Iowa State, yes. who was also a big underdog, a bigger underdog than expected, and that game wasn't even competitive last week at home against the Clones. All right, I want to hit. Uh, I want to hit two more here before uh, our guy Vinny Maliulo gets in studio here. Michigan, Michigan State. Of course, everyone a buzz with this sign stealing scandal potentially with the analyst at Michigan. They go on the road, a rivalry game at East Lansing. Alex, Michigan State last week had one of the more ridiculous losses you're ever going to see, blowing a three score lead to Rutgers. Uh, still covered though, right. still covered all numbers because Rutgers botched the PAT that would have got the push. Uh, but this one now, Alex, the, so behind us is the low market low on this game, 24. The rest of the market right now is 24 and a half. There's even a rogue 25 out there. I, I can't get there on Michigan state. I, I just can't. This is not one of those where I would lay it with Michigan. They finally are starting to destroy teams and covering big numbers like they were not early in the year where they're kind of sleepwalking. But I just can't get there on the Spartans. They, they, this wouldn't shock me if this ends 31-3 and you, you don't get there because Michigan State just can't score in this game. I completely agree. I can't get there with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan is my highest-rated team right now okay. at number one. So I really think they figured it out, like you said, starting to – really kill teams covering. They also are the second slowest team in FBS right now. They are taking their time, 31.9 seconds per play. You know, they just, they control the game. They control the pace. They do what they want. They get these wins. I know it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen, but I'm with you. Stay away. I can't lay 24, but I don't feel confident taking it with Spartans. Yeah, it just, I, 
I really like when going through the beginning of the week, really looked at this and like, all right, I'm probably going to end up on Michigan state by game time. Uh, we're never, we're not getting like 25 is going to be the peak here. And there's not much of a difference between 24 and a half and 25, right? 28, three would be the one, which actually is a reasonable final score. Uh, but can't do it. Can't do it. Spartans are just that bad. And Michigan, you could take out a lot. It, it could go one of two ways this week, week with them. They could be they could be sloppy. They could be sleepy because of everything that's happened. Or they could just come out and pummel Michigan State from the get-go. Of course, this was also the weird game last year where there's the fight in the tunnel as well. Yes. Um, a lot of stuff going on off the field with this matchup. All right. A game you're on here, Alex. Big 12. Oklahoma State. West Virginia. West Virginia lost in just ridiculous fashion a week ago on that Hail Mary to Houston in a game that he probably shouldn't have had a shot to win anyway. <laughs> the 50-yard touchdown on fourth and 20 uh, to, to even get that ga- game to West Virginia lead late, late. Oklahoma State looked like their season was cooked. And all they've done since getting blasted by South Alabama is beat both Kansas State and Kansas back-to-back as home underdogs. They're now 4-2. and two. Nice, little, nice little turnaround here for Gundy midseason. West Virginia lane three, though, Alex, and the total has been the thing that's been hit in this game, down to 48 on this one. I would have, I I definitely think that is the right move for the total moving down. I am on West Virginia minus three. Mm-hmm. Um, you just mentioned Oklahoma State overachieved the last two weeks. I was on them at home that Friday game, Kansas State. I thought it was a great spot. Last week, I had nothing with that one. Shocked to see them win outright against Kansas. I do think Gundy find the, found the right quarterback. Has Agreed. The, has the right quarterback in place. But as you mentioned, West Virginia coming off a terrible loss. I think they get right in this one. They're at home. They've been much better at home. Uh, Neil Brown, he's, he's done a really good job with this team. So going with West, West Virginia. West Virginia was one of those teams where I thought that they were going to be lucky to win five games this year. And right now, they win today, they'll get the five. And they have all the bad teams left in the Big 12 on that schedule remaining. Central Florida, BYU, Cincinnati, Baylor. If they had not lost that game last week, we could have been talking about something very strange of potentially West Virginia making the Big 12 title game. Now they have an uphill battle because Texas wins out. West Virginia's not winning in Norman in a few weeks. They would need some help in order to get there. But ten and two is in, or nine and three is in play, which would be a heck of a season for a team that had a win total sub six coming into the year. Absolutely. So uh, West Virginia three, and that is the play for Alex in this one against Oklahoma State. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, the best hair in the business, Hall of Famer Vinny Maliolo joins us next on Sports by the Book. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, 
You'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar, where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu plus a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Barles. Alex White's here as well. Oh, look who joined us. That's right. How are you, Vinny? 15 minutes, and it's... it's there's no control, obviously. What what happened, Alex, with the with the with the, the well, Penn State Ohio State comment? You know, you got Chrissy. Chrissy got a little upset. I tried to calm him down back there. You know, we have that. Look at this. Look at look at look, look at him. Look at that. Look very, at Chris Andrews. Very serious man. See, Alex, you made it through twenty minutes. Good job. I, yeah. it, it was a hell, it was a hell of a run. I, uh, but regardless, I mean, look at Chris, all decked out. Well, he had the Penn State tie yesterday on the yeah, show. Now yeah. he's got the hat and, yeah. and and the polo. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, I'll ask I'll yeah. ask you this, Vinny. Yeah. Is it more than just fandom for Chris Andrews today? Are, yeah. Is the book Good rooting question. for Penn State in this one against? You know, Ohio it's State? it's interesting. And we were just chatting uh, back there, Chris and I, uh, and he was on the verge of going right back to four. But actually, there's two-way action right now, so four and a half is uh, is where the game sits. And uh, uh, you know, now not saying that it it can't go back at some point, but uh, I can tell you right now that there's a pretty good two-way action. And I, it wouldn't shock me though if there is a little bit more support for the Nittany Lions, but based on the number, right? Just grabbing grabbing the hook because it's not. Gonna, I don't think it's going to go higher. So uh, more uh, uh, more likely to go down uh, than up. In my defense, I heard Chris on Frank's show. He gave a rundown of his top 10 power-rated teams. I have Penn State higher than he does on my list, but... Don't you worry, Alex. He'll be all right. <laughs> Don't you worry. He'll be all right. I, 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 I can tell you this. When, when, I, when I leave the studio today, uh, we'll, we'll, it'll be okay. Vinny's going to bad for you. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be here tomorrow, I can assure you. Uh, Don't you I, I, would, I would hope so. And you know, Chrissy, show. Chrissy loves you, so... So, so uh, Vinny, I just want to go through a few things real quick, and these are a few games that Alex has as well and also uh -huh. some movers. Uh, a noon east, 9 a.m. game, Service Academy game, Commander-in-Chief matchup, Air Force and Navy. Yep. So I, I got the good number. I got 36 earlier in the week, bet it under. Uh, now, Vinny, there was actually some over money that showed in this game. How about that? Yeah, we're Back up to, to 34. 30, up to 34. There we in go. This game. And, uh, you know, uh, and also uh, some Air Force money did uh, finally show when we were at 10. So back up to 10 and a half. 
Uh, the game did open 11 and a half numbers here at South Point uh, for college open on Monday morning. Uh, pretty much a, a, a steady stream of Navy money during the course of the week. And of course, look, and we know that this is uh, Air Force is the uh, is, is the much better side here. But this is where, you know, the academies, th these are their games. These are their bowl games or playoff games. Uh, and, and when they're playing for the uh, uh, for the commander in chief's trophy, uh, it's it's a, it's a whole different set of circumstances. So points at a premium uh, initially during the week. But now we finally got some Air Force money. A lot of action on that total. A lot. Oh, my God. Moving gosh. it down and now yeah. back up. That is funny. I I stayed away. Jeff got the right number. But, you know, I was actually a little nervous with how Air Force has been scoring as of late and averaging mm -hmm. 37 points per game. Yeah. But I know it's a totally different ballgame when they play against Navy. Well, Navy, I think, wants to certainly – Navy does not want to get into one of those – uh, kind of shootouts, if you will. Uh, as, as, not that there's shootouts in, in the academy games, but you're right, Alex. I mean, uh, that's a good point that uh, Air Force has been has been scoring some points. Well, the one interesting thing with this week is Zach Larrier, their quarterback, Air Force's quarterback, mm -hmm. suffered a knee injury in that win last week against Wyoming. The initial report was he's going to be out for a while. Right. Now he's questionable for today. So uh, a long while could be one week. Not even, just a few days off without even missing a game, potentially. Thankfully, our, our military folks get the finest medical care yes. in the world. So, uh, <laughs> it's so, a miracle. So, uh, we'll see on that. Uh, it'll be a, 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 the backup. The senior quarterback has only attempted one pass behind Larry or if he's unable to go today. That's part of the reason that I took this under, because I didn't think Larry was going to go. And now, if he goes, it'll be a little more sweaty than it may want to be. A little more limited, though. Yeah. Well, yes, he will not be able to run as well as uh, he usually does. All right, Vinny, we talked about this game yesterday. It's also a game that Alex is on here. Uh, arguably the two best teams in the MAC going at it here. Toledo's a one-and-a-half-point mm -hmm. favorite on the road at Miami of Ohio. Uh, before we get Alex's play on this, Vinny, we talked about this yesterday. Chris brought it up. A lot of money line play on the dog here more so than anything. Yeah, well, you, let's look at it, right? And the reason for that is, again, Toledo won, now up to two. It's basi it, it's a basically a pick em game. If you're in a game where it's it's right around three or less, right, and a, you like, you're thinking about taking the points, well, you, you probably want to sprinkle in uh, some money line on the dog too, right? Now, here you have it. A game where if you because if you think they're going to cover, you think they can win the game. So instead of laying a dollar ten, even if you're taking two points, and points are valuable, I'm not I'm not saying they're not. But you could take a you know you can take you know anywhere from a fifteen cents or twenty cents, depending on where uh, where you're looking. Probably less, maybe a dime or, or fifteen cents at best, maybe twelve cents. Uh, but again, you're not laying a price, and that's the reason for it, Alex. I'm on Miami, Ohio in mm -hmm. this one. So to Vinny's point, plus one and a half and a little bit on the money line. There you go. As you mentioned, two of the top teams in the MAC, top of the East, top of the West. Some similarities between these two. Neither have lost since game one. The biggest difference I found, Toledo, 0-5 ATS in their last five. Miami, Ohio on the other side. They are 6-1 ATS, and five of those games were on the road. Now we're getting points here with them back at home so i like miami ohio and my chances here as you mentioned it went out right a really good. good game uh it's a weird spot for miami of ohio at least on my end where they play ohio next week where that game is going to be for the mac east 
regardless of yep. result today. Mm-hmm. So it's back-to-back weeks where Miami's going to have to get up for this one and next one as well. I think Miami is the better team at the moment. Toledo should have lost last week at Ball State, and Ball State is bad. Uh, so I, I'm going to stay off of it. This might be that's another in-game game potentially. Uh, seeing how both of those offenses look in that one. By the way, uh, no movement on the Penn State Ohio State. Good point spread, however, the total uh, total up a full point now since uh, I got in here. Forty-six and a half. Wow. Yeah. Well, people like betting points, Vinny. They don't like well, defense. It's a, you know that. It's a it's a, a beautiful day there. So uh, you know, I think. Uh, and again, when uh, particularly public gets involved with the to- public gets involved with the total. Uh, on game day, right? And it's, you know, give me either Penn State and over or Ohio State and over. So People are not bringing the picket fence in. Let me tell stadium. you, I, I'll say it again, okay? That big white D and that big white picket fence and they're chanting, you know, you, you take the D, I'll take the fence. They're lying. They're lying. People don't like hey, bad numbers. They love <laughs> points. L- life is too short to bet the hey, under. They love upset. points. So, all right, uh, Vinny, um, I want to mention this one, get a little bit back in the rotation number. Alex and I didn't bet this one because of the uncertainty at the quarterback position for Duke. Uh, Riley Leonard yeah. is questionable, but uh, I would imagine that he's probably not going to play today with the way that this has been bet. Back up the 14 and a half on the Knowles here with a total of 48. Yeah. Knowles a, a little healthier at the wide receiver position. They should be getting some people back today at the wide receiver position too. But I think this, you know, this is going to be one of the better defenses that that Florida State's gone up against, right? And uh, and I think especially given the uh, the quarterback situation for Duke, they'll probably want to run the ball more. And let's face it, Florida State's run defense is not particularly good. So 14-and-a-half um, still, is, is there is some value, yeah, with a little better than two touchdowns? Uh, but listen, the, the more athletic team, uh, is the home team here, and uh, no real surprise that uh, that the number's gone up. And again, four thirty start, Alex. Probably some things rolling to it. Uh, Multi leg bets rolling to uh, the Knolls. You said it perfectly, Vinny. I mean, Duke does have a good offense, especially their secondary, and they did get a win against NC State with their backup quarterback. But I think this is a different animal here with Florida State mm-hmm. and being at home. So. No play for me just yet, but you're right. It's a yeah. later game. Yep. We'll see if Leonard goes. If Leonard does go, Vinny, let's say he plays, what ends up happening here? He, he, we know he'll be compromised if he goes. Sure. But, but what ends up happening here? Do you well, he's think? not going to. He's not going to be 100. percent So, right. I, but I think what what kind of gives a bit of a balance to it is the fact that it is a later game and what's happening, what's going to it. So does it go back to 14? Maybe you know, but. Still, it's not going to be this drastic. You you don't think it would? Be, if okay. Leonard plays, it's not going to go through the fourteen. You think? Well, we're fourteen and a half. Right. Now, no, I'm I mean, saying like you know, it would go to thirteen. No, I don't. I don't think. Don't think I don't think so. Okay. Again, because I think he, knowing that he's not a hundred percent and uh, the multi-legged aspect going uh, going to the Knolls there too. Being being uh, being questionable right now tells you that he's even if he does go, he's not. Uh, he's not. Gonna he's not going to be hundred percent. I think even if he plays, I think next it's unlikely week, it goes be. below fourteen. I would be surprised if he plays personally. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and they have they have a bye week next week, right? I'm pretty sure they do. Good uh, Alex. Yeah. They uh they actually they do not. They play Louisville next week. Okay, they play so, Louisville next week, which is an important game. They want might want to rest him for. And if it's a, if it's a given that he's not going, it'll go it'll go higher. Uh, 
peak, do you think? Peak peak at 16? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll get all the way to 17. No. But I 16, so. I think, is in play on that one. All right. One of those fun Big Ten West games here real quick. Alex, you're on this one. Wisconsin. Uh, quarterback injury, of course. Uh, Mordecai's not going to play for the Badgers. Uh, and that's why this line has moved the way that it has. Uh, back to three now uh, mm-hmm. on the Badgers in this one. 41. Illinois coming off a win last week, though. Yes, they are. I'm on Wisconsin minus two and a half. Um, as you mentioned, Mordecai is out, but we have their backup quarterback, Braden Locke. And um, this is his first collegiate start. He did come in in the second quarter last game, completed 15 of 30 passes for 122 yards. He holds the record in Texas for 6A football, high school football, which is very big in Texas, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Holds the record for touchdown passes. So. I'm counting on him to get the job done. We're going to see how he does in this one. And if Illinois beats me, you know, I'll so take it. it. But, <laughs> yes, we, I laid the points with the, the Badgers here. Looks like laying two and a half and taking three uh, in this one, right? I think I think there were uh, higher expectations with the coaching change in, in Wisconsin this year. Uh, but, look, it's going to take going to take a little bit of time, I think. Um, but there, I think what surprised people is, their offense is not what a lot of folks thought it would be uh, going into the season. That's why you're seeing the results. Um, this will be a this will be a tough one here. Well, uh, to your I point, thought, Vinny, yeah. they tried to incorporate the air raid, right? right. Tried to pass more, wasn't mm-hmm. really working. Now, kind of going back yeah. to their run game. Lost a tough one last week um, against Iowa. Correct? Yeah, fifteen to six. So, yeah, we'll see if they can bounce back here. Jeff had the under in that one. <laughs> Never in doubt. Uh, I didn't have anything on that one. Oh, I thought you had the under. No, if anything, I was going to bet the over, but thankfully I didn't because that game wasn't even close. Uh, Speaking of Iowa, let's go there before before we look (laughs) at something We're obligated to go start with the total. (laughs) So, so Vinny, this is 30 and a half everywhere but with you guys. You guys have 31, which you got to love 31 being the market high. Yeah. On a college football game. That's right. But here we are in uh in uh twenty twenty three with a thirty one. By the way, I told Alex this before the show. Some guy on on, on Twitter put put in hey, give me a give me a, a summary of what this Iowa Minnesota game is gonna be into chat GPT. You know what that is, Vinny? You know what that is? That's uh your friends over with AI that can come up with anything. And great. And it came up with Iowa twelve, Minnesota ten on a on a game-winning safety by Iowa, which I think is pretty realistic in this game. A game-winning safety? Yes, game-winning safety. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> AI doesn't make prices. Maybe they make scores. Hey, but... they like the under, and they like Minnesota today, right? All right, well, okay, <laughs> there you go. Three and a half. Uh, all, uh, all about Minnesota here. We opened this game five and a half, so uh, points at a premium. Um, 1230 Pacific start, probably – see some Iowa money. I mean, if it goes to three, it's definitely, we'll, we'll definitely see uh, Iowa money. I don't think that's uh, that's going to be in doubt. But uh, also to your point, yeah, they bet under 32. And uh, we're at, at, at 31. And there's, you mentioned it, there's uh, there's uh, 30, 30s and, uh, 30 and a halves out there. Wow. Alex? Jeff's disappointed in me because I laid three and a half. Oh, I'm not disappointed in you. You just have more fortitude than I do. (laughs) Such a small total. But the Hawkeyes, they keep finding a way in their three conference games where they were a favorite. Mm -hmm. They are 2-0-1 ATS. We know this is going to be a run-heavy game. 
And I think Iowa is the better defense here. Very good defense. So I just just need them to win by four. And I think what you, what you also see here is this, right? When you have such a low total, right, it points are even more of a premium. So there's no real surprise here. And, and again, let's remember that uh, the people that bet this, that took everything from five and a half down to three mm-hmm. and a half, are pros like Alex. That's uh, realizing that with such a low total, points would be at a premium. And um, that, that that's, is reflected in how it was bet. Iowa winning this game six to nothing, five to nothing. Get the safety worked in there. Wouldn't shock me. Minnesota, the only one thing is Minnesota's defense is really not any good. It's just yeah. more, this total is more to do with the fact that we know that Iowa's defense is excellent. Yeah, it's good. And we know that Iowa's quarterback play is awful. Like, it is, like, no disrespect to hell, but it's it's not at an FBS level. It's not barely, it, 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 Barely at an FCS level, in all honesty. Well, think about this too. Iowa is 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 the six and one team that really nobody's talking a whole lot. About. I, I think I mean, there's a reason for that. Well, <laughs> listen, they're still six and one, right? I mean, they're the, the the fact of the matter is they're already bowl eligible. They're 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 a tough out with defensively. So you know, it, you don't have to you don't have to love them, but you do have to you know. I I, I mean, Vinny, I mean the way that the it, schedule breaks. Waited the schedule breaks. They're going to win the Big Ten West yeah, so, after that win last week. Yeah, and right? technically they could go. They're going to go. They're going to be in the Big Ten title game and have something to say about the playoffs. No, I mean right? they, they, there is a. They're going to be favored in every game remaining on their schedule. All right. I mean they, in Northwestern ne- in their next game, they're going to be favored there. Uh, they they get Rutgers in mm-hmm. Iowa City. They'll be favored uh, in that one. Yeah, favored against Illinois and then at Nebraska. Which they'll be a favorite in in Lincoln Sle- for that one Sle- as well. Favor, although Nebraska's playing better, playing much uh, better now. When I say they're going to have a, have something to say about the playoff, it's because of the of the pl- playoff game uh, for the Big Ten. So, well, I mean, yeah. again, technically, if Iowa's eleven and one to the Big Ten title game, they'll be technically playing for a playoff there spot. You go, buddy. Despite being what against Michigan right now in a neutral, what would I you make? What, what would you make it right now? Michigan against Iowa on, on a neutral in Indy. If that's the matchup, um, probably about sixteen. Yeah, I was, I was thinking seventeen. Yeah. So I don't not seventeen. It might get to seventeen. Oh, I think it would get to seventeen. Okay, that would be one. That would be one of those where we it bet might. the we bet the Iowa team total under in that game, regardless of what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think they're scoring more than seven against Michigan, but hey, that could even be a six and a half total. In all honesty, uh, on that one. All right, Vinny. Before you go, anything? Any other games that stand out in the way of movement here in the uh, leading up to this nine a.m. window? Uh, let's see. Well, you know, a small one here: Hawaii and New Mexico. Hawaii getting uh, the betting attention. Flip of favorites, right? So uh-huh. three seventy-three, four and seventy-four on the rotation. Three o'clock Pacific start, uh, where New Mexico opened as a two-point favorite. Uh, and now Hawaii sitting at two and a half, and it, you say why? Why that game? Well, again, that's a game that uh, pros got involved with, uh, pro, pro uh, betters got involved with more. And when you have a flip of favorites, uh, then you know you want to you want to take note of that. So that's that's been money that's uh, not just showing up this morning on game day, uh, but uh, showing up all, all week. And then uh, waiting for a buyback on Army against LSU, uh, which is the last game on the rotation. Uh, Army uh, getting uh, 32 and a half right now. Probably get up to uh, 
33 or, or, or more. That feels like so many points to be giving a team that well, plays ball be, control against a team with okay, no defense. With no defense. Yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. And I think that folks are waiting to play that game uh, and, and waiting for as many points as possible, and you might get some more. I, I, I thought it was good at 30 and a half. I, I, I think it's really good at 32 and a half. Then you're going to love 33. I'm, gonna, I'm, sure, I'm sure I will until Army win, or until LSU wins 30, 38-3. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Vinny Malleol, everyone. Uh, Vinny, I, go do your day job. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to yeah. go yeah, do yeah. some more. And, don't, and, and Alex, everything's fine. Yeah, Chrissy, I think we're good. Chrissy loves you. I think we're good. Vinny Malleol, everyone. Coming up next, Danny Burke hops Thanks, in. Vinny. Uh, talk some more college football leading you up to kickoff at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific here on Sports by the Book. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world. Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn. And so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book. Final segment for us here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White, alongside Danny Burke back in studio. Saw him on Thursday here on this show. As always, uh, good job by our guy Vincenzo, best hair in the business, uh, Vinny Maliulo, who uh, will be, uh, be. We're actually going to let Vinny do his day job a little bit now here at the network, which that, is, uh, I think, is a good thing. Yeah, I, I, we love having him in here, of course, but we know he gets busy back there. I was kind of shocked to hear uh, the flip and all the money still coming on Hawaii. Yeah, that uh, you know, <laughs> so he that was one of some that are just like, oh, okay. That was one of those games I crossed off immediately because I don't like either of those teams. But it's almost like, oh, I guess almost like I have to take a little piece of New Mexico, but I don't want to do that. It just doesn't sound like a fun way to spend your day with, with that one a little bit later. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get into it here. BYU and Texas Tech. Danny, 
Alex and I are all on this game in some fashion. DB, we'll start with you. You're on the total here in this one. Yeah, I am not looking too great with my position currently because at the beginning of the week, I took over 51 and a half and the market was moving in that direction. And I figured that was with the assumption that Morton had a good chance to play. Now, I haven't seen anything from the last five minutes, but still game time decision as far as I'm concerned. But nevertheless, again, not a great sign per se. But the reason, aside from assuming he was going to be in the mix, you look at the time of possession for these teams, guys, and BYU ranks 109th in terms of time of possession, Texas Tech at 120. So really, you're seeing a frequent change of possession, right? Rapid pace between the two teams, which should benefit the over. And BYU offensively this season has not cared to run the ball whatsoever. They're only getting about 67 and a half rushing yards per game. And if Morton was playing too, I give the edge to the Red Raiders in this spot. So BYU is going to have to pass the ball even more. So is my analysis on their side. Also, again, we've seen that already primarily this season throughout their offensive side of the ball. And then Texas Tech offensively with Morton, pretty good. You know, I wouldn't say they're great by any stretch of the imagination, but against a weaker BYU defense, I think they were going to manage to put up some points. So that led me toward the over. But again, it's moved against me now later in the week. So I'm stuck in my position for the time being. We'll see if any in-game opportunity presents itself. But that's what I had for this spot. Very good breakdown. I agree with you with the Texas Tech offense. Very good with Morton. And they have a running back, Brooks. He's the focal point. And with him throwing, it allows them to work him in to their offense. I was under the assumption he was not playing, and I jumped on BYU plus four and a half because it does make it more difficult to get their run game going here. Um, Texas Tech fell apart without Morton last week. They lost that game. BYU, it's a tough place to play. First time that these big 12 teams are having to go to Provo. So I like the the points here with the home team. Difficult spot to play. Uh Boy, Texas Tech was in that game for a good chunk of it last week, and then the wheels came off completely when they had to go to Jake Strong, who led the. It was one of those he led the ninety-nine yard drive to give Texas Tech the lead in the third quarter. And because I was on K State last week, I was thinking, I'm really we're gonna we're gonna lose the third string quarterback on a team that's really not that good. And then uh, they uh, they gave up five rushing touchdowns to Avery Johnson last week, so uh, ended up being okay there. BYU can't run the ball. They are a horrible running team, mm. as Danny said. They're also all the, they have played to the over all but one game this year, but it's more so because of what you mentioned. There are a lot of possessions in BYU games because they're going three and out a ton. Yeah, so there's a lot of possessions, which gives you more opportunity to score points. I don't mind over fifty-one that's out there right now, but I grabbed four and a half earlier in the week as well at BYU. I don't think Texas Tech should be a favorite on the road against anyone in conference at this point. So that's really the only reason that I took it. Not that I like BYU much. Just that Texas Tech, really? Favorite on the road? Even with all the struggles the new Big 12 teams have had? Shouldn't be happening in that one at four and a half. All right, Alex, you're the UNLV alum. I'll let you have it. A win today for Barry Odom's squad. And they're going bowling, which is pretty amazing to say that after seven games, they could be bowl eligible for what that program has been for the longest of times. It really is amazing. And that is a huge accomplishment for this team. That's why I like the Rebels here to get the win. I did not lay the points. I took them money line. I shouldn't even be betting on my team. You two, <laughs> I got to follow in your example. But, huh. I mean, Colorado State, 
it that makes me nervous. They have they've been a feisty team. I mean, they have proven it. They've had a couple comeback wins, including last week. The miracle of miracles. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm I'm happy with the money line. As you mentioned, though, this this is a really big game for them. You you know that they know they're five and one. They just need one more. So I think they're gonna take it very seriously and be up for the challenge. Give Barry Odom a lot of credit. Uh, of course, I, I was there in Missouri when he was the head coach there. They covered, covered all but one of his seasons. And it always felt like for me that Barry was, this should have been the first job. Something like this, a UNLV, a Memphis, where he was linked to that job a lot. Right. Part of the reason he got the Missouri job was they were concerned that he was going to take the Memphis job when it opened up, uh, when Fuente went to uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, but this is a perfect spot for Barry Odom. He's a really... Great coach of defense, and for this level, the Mountain West level, he's a really good head coach. I don't know if he's a high-end Power 5 head coach, but he's a really good mid-major head coach. And UNLV, if he can stick around, he could win the Mountain West sooner rather than later, as wild as that sounds. And oh, this is an easy place to re- – should be, in theory, an easy place to recruit to, Alex. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and they've done it correct. I mean, their, their new facility yep. is beautiful. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to come play here, but – you are right. I think they can win the Mountain West very soon. They are right up there with Air Force and Fresno State right now. Yeah, I don't think it happens this year because they have to go to Fresno and to Colorado Springs to take on Air Force. I, I think two losses in conference probably is going to knock you out. I think there'll be right. two, a, a team with one loss, and I don't think Air Force is losing in conference. So, uh, But, hey, look, you go uh, you go 9-3 and three and UNLV, that's pretty darn good any way you slice it all right let's uh it's been uh, 10 years since they've been to a bowl game by the way I, i'm surprised it's been that short in all honesty <laughs> uh let's uh let, let's go to la next alex you're on this one uh, one of your money line parlay legs here with usc at home against utah up to seven total 52 on this one love usc in this spot i mean double revenge against utah because they won the first game last year 43 to 42 and then they won here in las vegas the pac-12 championship then of course we have the trojans coming off an embarrassing 48 20 loss to notre dame i think they're going to be ready for this game it is in south uh southern california uh caleb williams how he had three picks last week i believe so i think this is a good turnaround spot for him Get focused again. He's no longer the favorite for the Heisman. And um, Utah, so I am on USC. I also like the over here. Call me crazy. It has moved down a lot. But I like the over here. I don't think Utah gets shut out. I know we still don't have Cam Rising, which is a shame. I don't think we're going to see him all season long. But Utah's coming off their biggest win, 34 points. I know it's over Cal. Not the best defense, but I still think they can move the ball get a couple touchdowns here. Yeah, I'm with Alex in this one. I haven't played it yet, but I absolutely lean toward the side of the Trojans here if you're getting it under the key number of seven. Look, without Cam Rising in the mix, this offense has been abysmal. Dead last in terms of the Pac-12 and EPA offensively. The ranking bottom tier in the nation, 115th in total offense. And USC, we know how tremendous they are offensively. We don't have to go into the stats knowing what Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley can produce on that side of the ball. Of course, the concern with USC is their abysmal defense, but I think that's going to be a problem toward the beginning stages of this game. But once they get acclimated, once they get settled in a little bit, I think they'll be able to maintain this Utah defense, or offense, pardon me, that, again, has just been incredibly lackluster. So 
even if it's close in this game, we know USC is a team that frequently finds their way in the red zone. I think, again, if it's close, USC is a great opportunity to put in six. Extra point makes it seven toward the end of the game, even if you're sweating this thing out. So, again, that's why if you get it under seven, I do believe the Trojans bounce back and are the right side. Moving along to the other Pac-12 games on the slate, Alex, you have a total in Seattle, Washington, and Arizona State. But this has moved up in the recent recent times here, up to 60 on this total now. Uh, I will say quickly, I do have Arizona State first half in this game. Maybe a slow start for Washington after that humongous win a week ago. I don't mind Arizona State at 27 and a half, but when you're dealing against an offense like Washington, you are asking for potential problems once Arizona State runs out of gas, which will happen at some point in this game. What did you get Arizona State at for first half? 17. 17. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so I have a play on over 58 and a half. As you mentioned, it's kind of been going up. Um, the Sun Devils, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but somehow they've averaged 24 points in their past three games. I do think we might see a slow start to Washington, especially offensively, but I think they get it figured out. That's that's a big, big line there. 27 and a half. Is that where it still is? 27 and a half, yes. So I'm ex- I, And I didn't go on either side because I think it is just right. So I like the over here. I've got nothing in this one. Uh, I like both of your guys' analysis. I think if I had to go in a direction, I really like, Jeff, though, what you're saying about the first half and just thinking Washington kind of comes into this game a little bit more lackadaisically, and they're pretty content with their result last week. You're overlooking Arizona State. You're going, ah, we don't have to worry about these guys. No problem. So in the fact that you're getting 17 on that first half spread is you know, a great number there. So that's probably the pursuit I would make if I were to play this game, but I've got nothing for that late spot. Let's go to Central Florida and Oklahoma here. Alex, you're on a total. I'm on Central Florida from earlier in the week. Uh, Now Oklahoma is 17 and a half behind us, which is the market high. It's mostly 17 throughout the market. Total actually has been bet down this morning uh, to 67 and a half. Of course, that is up still from the opener. Right. I have over 64, both these teams coming off of by. Dylan, Gabriel, he continues, quarterback for Oklahoma, continues to put up incredible numbers. He is 72.7 completion, completing his passes, 9.6 yards per attempt, and 16 touchdowns. Um, Hopefully the Knights get a healthy Plumlee back. I I think he is playing. He's playing. He's in. He's in. We just don't know how healthy. So, yep, I went. Thought I, it was a great number. Jumped on it then over 64. Yeah, Plumlee, Plumlee is – so Plumlee played one series in Lawrence two weeks ago then couldn't finish the game. Now he's back. I think that's a big reason. There's a few reasons, I think, I, that I like. There are two reasons I like Central Florida, and I think they're probably market-wide on this. Plumlee's back, and I would imagine after the bye week, Extra he's going to at least, at least look 90% healthy. And this is a weird spot for Oklahoma because – he had to run a bye last week. But the last time we saw them, Dylan Gabriel was right, leading a 75-yard drive in 50 seconds to beat Texas. So first game after the biggest win of the Venables era by a significant margin, Danny. It is a sleepy spot potentially off the bye for Oklahoma. Yeah, I would think so too. And Alex, again, like Jeff said, great number on the total because that would have been the only direction I would have went toward in this spot. But considering it's moved, you know, from where you even got it, what, like four points? I think there's no point in chasing that movement right now. 
If you do like the over, just wait for an in-game spot. Perhaps there's going to be an exchange of possessions. Maybe, maybe not. I know you won't be rooting for that necessarily, but as someone who's trying to get that angle in-game, that's what I'll be hoping for and try to attack it from that standpoint. But again, no need to chase it because of how much it's altered since where Alex got in, maybe even before that. Let's get Arkansas and Mississippi State. Alex, another total that you like here. Uh, this is a game that I crossed off immediately because I don't like either of these teams. Arkansas, seven. Uh, total is 46 in this one. So lean to the over in this one as well. I'm kind of getting a little nervous. This is a lot of overs. Benny and Chris <laughs> may be thanking me now, huh? People are following me. But, you know, Mississippi State, they had an extra week to prepare. Mm -hmm. And, but they are they do have back-to-back -back road games here. So I want to see if they can build off of their win over Western Michigan. Um, yeah, I don't have too much on this. I just I jumped in over 47 and a half small play there. I can't I can't do anything with this game. I Arkansas, I'm stunned at Arkansas those looked as bad as they have. They're two and four. Uh Mississippi State, a program in transition, of course, with the uh the passing of Mike Leach last year. Uh it's a program that's that is going to probably be looking uh, at, at a full a new head coaching hire with the after the interim uh, the, uh, is done at the end of this year. All right, let's get this one. Get two, uh, three more before we get out of here today. Tennessee on the road at Alabama. So Chris and company have the market low on this game now at eight and a half. It's the rest of the market's nine right now on this one. Totals down to forty-seven and a half. Alex, I actually I will tell you. I like Tennessee getting nine. I, I we we kind of talked about this yesterday, where I don't know what I'm getting out of out of Alabama, which is a very weird place to be with that program. They're very inconsistent this year, and last week was the perfect sign of that. They were they looked awesome. They looked like a team that could win a national title for two and a half quarters last week, and then they just stopped and they let a mediocre Arkansas team have a chance to beat them in their building. Uh, Tennessee better than Arkansas. I will say though, it is that rival. It is a rivalry game that Alabama did lose a year ago right. in Neyland Stadium. I love a good revenge factor, so I am on Alabama here minus eight and a half. Um, I don't trust Tennessee's quarterback with Joe Milton. Mm -hmm. um, even ratio, big time throws to turnover worthy plays. He is also just eight for thirty five when passing over twenty yards. I think that is going to be the biggest difference here. Lack of explosive plays for Tennessee. I mean. Two good defenses, though. I, I should have looked to the under, but I am on Alabama. I also tied them up with Ohio State. My, these are two money lines. I'm kind of with Jeff on this one, Alex, but the reason I stayed away is because of, like you said, one, I don't know how much stock I'm actually putting into Milton against a really solid defense, and two, the revenge factor certainly plays in this spot, but Tennessee's defense has been almost as good as Alabama so far this season. They're right behind them in a lot of these statistical measurements. And offensively, I mean, Tennessee's not that far behind either. But again, it, it just feels like one of those spots where Alabama is going to get that revenge. And you put maybe a little bit more of that faith in Milrow in the spot and what he can do with his feet and Mobley and just having that chip on their shoulder for the Crimson Tide. But if I were to do it, maybe if for someone, I guess, out there who's gravitating toward Alabama, not fully confident. I like your idea of maybe putting in a couple of favorites like that with an Ohio State, maybe with the USC with yep. Bama and Titan so you don't have to sweat out the higher spread because 
I do like the points with Tennessee, but I think Bama does find a way in this game. But I don't like taking the points enough to actually get there with it because that revenge factor is kind of scaring me off here, guys. Let's uh, let's go to this one because we have we're, we're contractually obligated with Danny on set. Nebraska <laughs> hosting Northwestern. Boy, what a game. Down to 10 and a half now with a total of 40 Huskers laying it at home. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, Alex apparently is betting this game. So credit to you, Alex. You're going to have to sweat it out on the betting side for me. I get it from the fandom approach. But yeah, look, Northwestern 106 in the nation to run defense. That's all Nebraska is doing offensively with their ground attack, with their tailbacks, but especially with their quarterback, Heinrich Harburg. I think it's going to be a slow process. Nebraska will control the time of possession. And like I was talking to the other show, you and I talked, off, uh, talked about it off break. They'll cover probably, but you're going to have to wait till the fourth quarter to get there, I think. And I watched you on the show on Thursday. I heard you say that made me feel even more confident about my Nebraska minus 11 play. I'll sweat it out. Just get there at the end for me. Godspeed. That's all I'll say on yep. that one. I, there's no chance I'm betting this game. Not, <laughs> I don't no way I can get there either way. All right, the last one we'll do, and then now we're contractually obligated for myself. Yes. Missouri against South Carolina here. Uh, homecoming in Columbia. Mo, uh, this one has been a toggler here at the South Point. Seven and a half to seven, back to seven and a half now in Missouri. That's what the market is now on the Tigers at home, Alex. Total 58. I'm a little surprised, actually, that this total has been bet down from 60 to 58. Uh, I know Missouri's defense has had its good showings at times, uh, but South Carolina's defense stinks. And it would not, and I don't mind that South Carolina offense. I actually think the over might be the best play in this game now that we're coming back a little bit and getting a 58, which I didn't expect to get. So that's exactly where I made it 58. No play. On the total, I actually don't have a play in this one because if you have been watching our show, which thank you and we appreciate it, but Absolutely. I have been on South Carolina and Mizzou the last few weeks. Now they're playing each other. I'm kind of torn here. I lean to Mizzou because my numbers say it, but I just I can't I can't do it because I can't believe South Carolina is a two and four team. I mean they they've had a couple really tough losses that they they could have won for sure. Yeah, I, man, I mean, I like the way Mizzou bounced back after losing to LSU, getting a solid win against Kentucky on the road. But it's just something almost like my alma mater, Nebraska, to where right where you're feeling good about your team. Yeah, and I know where you're that, coming, yep, buddy. They pull you right in, and then they disappoint <laughs> you and make it incredibly painful. But I think you make a valid point about this total coming down. I, I think that's the way I would look at it, especially since you're getting a better price on it. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be seeing points in this one, and that's how I would bet it if I were getting involved. In yeah, I, the South Carolina team should be better than they are. They played Georgia really tough for a half, and then Georgia decided to wake up and annihilated them in the second half. Uh, but, I mean, that loss last week yes. was brutal. Yeah. It was a brutal loss that they took at home to Florida. Like, Graham Mertz throw for over 400 yards on you. Kind of deserved <laughs> to lose the game when that happens, but... Yeah, South Carolina is better than the record shows, but I, Missouri's just better. And they'll, they'll get it done. I think Mizzou gets it done, but I can't lay the hook. Uh, you could have laid seven, but you can't lay seven and a half. Correct. Now with Missouri. All right. We went a little bit over, but that's okay. That's all the time we have here for today. You and I are back tomorrow, Alex. Back tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, an NFL show for week seven. Danny, thank you for hopping in. Big thanks, as always, to Vinny Maliulo. Shout out to the crew today, Sean, Ryan, Jerry. Great work, as always. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow on Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio.